All right, we are live. Episode eight, rocking and rolling. We have Ryan Armistead. Happy Moose Juice. That must be the Moose Juice logo. Yeah, those are the antlers. Antlers, okay. Paul Seaman, Boombox Beverage. I, I don't think you have one of those. You can't, no, you can't do it. Okay, fine. We're going to jump right into it. Ryan, uh, looks like you moved out here to where I'm at, which is the Bay Area of California. I still think it's, I think it's the greatest place on earth. Um, tell us where you came from, how you got the Happy Moose Juice started. What is it all about? Give it to us. Awesome. Yeah, well, came out to the Bay from North Carolina via New York City. So um, was working the corporate life, um, sales role, came out to San Francisco on a promotion from that job. And uh, I did it for about a year. And I just uh, honestly, you know, like many, I feel like entrepreneurs got tired of it uh, pretty quickly with, um, you know, some management disagreements. So I left that, did some time traveling, came back to San Francisco and literally was like, you know, looking around wondering what the heck am I going to do? Um, and my friend and I, uh, who I was living with, um, a big 10 person uh, house in the Presidio, Mark, I'm sure you're familiar with the Presidio, uh, one of the old captain's quarters. And we were living there with a bunch of artists and young professionals. Um, whole house got sick one time, couldn't kick the flu. Everybody's passing it back and forth. After my second time getting it, um, I tapped my friend Phoebe on the shoulder and said, hey, you want to make some juice with me in the kitchen, try and uh, get over this thing. So we started, um, you know, pressing fresh juices on the daily for our roommates and um, had a lot of fun doing it. Kind of surprised at uh, how much we both enjoyed the process of making that with your hands and sharing it and, you know, seeing the delight of your peers when they got to uh, lay their lips on something delicious and immune boosting. So um, that kind of pushed us to like check it out a little bit more seriously. And we eventually um, created this relationship with this Michelin rated restaurant in the mission um, who was only open for dinner. So we had the idea that we would pop up in their space during the day, utilize a really badass looking bar that they had inside um, and pay a discounted rent and sell juice to the people. It was all a fresh product. Um, we still make it uh, fresh here in San Francisco, deliver it locally in glass bottles. We had a wash and reuse program where we were washing all the glass that we had returned to us. Um, and then about two and a half, three years ago, we um, were able to launch our wholesale line of juices, which are all high pressure process, pressed right on the farm. Um, our primary farmer is also our business partner. And so they're uh, deeply connected to the um, California farming community. Lots of family owned independent farmers um, that we work directly with through those guys. And so we're pressing everything right down in Fresno County. Um, literally on their farm and we're able to source um, all imperfect produce direct from the field. Well, actually we source a bunch of produce from the field. So they have like this packing um, arm to their business where they pack whole fruits and vegetables. And so what we do is we end up upcycling all of the seconds or cosmetically imperfect produce that's not sexy enough for that um, case that's going to the grocery store to sit on the shelf. So that's kind of how our bit, how our wholesale line was naturally born as a compliment to their business. And yeah, we're still going at it now seven years in. Um, that's a happy moose juice story in a nutshell, Mark. Got it. So seven years. Okay. So that was going to be my next question. So about seven years ago was when the idea was born inside one of those houses that I've uh, 
partied a few times at it in the procedure. Don't, don't act like uh, the, 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 all that sickness was, was from just some random thing, right? Uh, <laughs> probably a bunch of hangovers sitting in there. Um, uh, and then we're talking Mission District. So you found a restaurant, any, any restaurant that uh, I'd know or anybody would know? Yeah, probably. So they've since uh, changed their concept, but it was called Range. And they had a Michelin star yeah. and everything, really delicious. I think they, they were established for about 10 years. Same owners are still there under the, um, the business name, the BHAP. So it's a little bit more bar focused, you know, elevated cocktails and things like that. Now, same owners, same space, um, doing the same thing, just a little less food. Got it. So you got really creative, it sounds like, out the gate in terms of utilizing a space. I mean, times are different now, right? Even, even seven years ahead, especially right now. Um, let's talk glass jars, right? Glass anything. You got a product that's a little bit unique and different in, in terms of uh, how it's being packaged. Uh, and then, of course, how it's going to be transported and moved around. Um, give some insight to anybody who, who is looking at sort of unique packaging like that. Are there, give us the pros and the cons in a nutshell. 100%. Um, so for us, you know, it was really important uh, to maintain the quality of our product as long as we possibly could and sell it to as many people as we possibly could. We felt like that was our best foot forward for um, creating a loyal customer base, creating value for the consumer, and then just establishing our brand to be premium. So um, that's something that we chose to do is start out as a fresh you know, product. Um, glass bottles obviously provide the best experience. Everybody loves drinking out of glass. There's no plastic or anything like that that you have to worry about with, you know, the waste stream and everything. So um, obviously a little bit more expensive, but we're delivering everything direct to consumer with that product line. Um, we, we had a lot of corporate, um, you know, a lot of the big tech companies reaching out to us to get juices for the office. So we were like, man, this is a really great product. We're able to kind of can't really scale it because the shelf life is super short, you know, three to four days, completely unpasteurized juices, fresh, no process after it's pressed. Um, and then we wanted to wash and reuse the bottles. Obviously that's a, can be a pain operationally, but um, sustainability is a really important uh, kind of core value for the business. So that's something that we've continued to do um, over the course of our lifetime. And then obviously the logistical challenges related to distributing a fresh product. We actually like went to the extent we were wholesaling at 25, 30 um, small grocery stores, cafes throughout the city. Um, and I think we had a competitor that was reporting us for that because it technically is not truly legal um, according to like FDA food. Um, safety guidelines so we had to stop doing that i uh, got a pretty hefty slap on the hand from the california department of health for that but um yeah we then we pivoted um to our wholesale product to the hpp product which gave us extended shelf life 90 days and we're currently using post-consumer recycled plastic bottles for that line so again it's something we feel like really commend, committed to the sustainability of it and we're able to um be an integral part of the full closed chain recycling loop with um, using all recycled plastic for our um, wholesale juices that we're selling. Okay, cool. Break down your distribution points. I mean, what's the percentage that you're doing direct to consumer versus wholesale? And as far as the wholesale business, is it still a regional play? Or are you here in the Bay Area or in Central Valley, uh, like the Fresno area? Cool. Yeah. Are you talking pre or post COVID? We, uh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, let's talk pre and then give us the, cause that was going to be the transition point anyway, 
give us the current state of the business because of COVID-19. But, but let's go to the former first and start with what were you doing before? Right on. So pre-COVID, we had a really well diversified uh, sales base. It's something that we were felt really great about. I would say food service was probably 50 to 60% of our total sales mm. base. Pete's Coffee and Tea, Blue Bottle Coffee, some of our, um, you know, largest retail partnerships on the food service side. Also working with hotels, so Virgin Hotels, um, Marriott, um, Ritz-Carlton, um, W, some other hotels like that here in cool. San Francisco. Um, and then our direct-to-consumer or fresh raw juice business unit was probably, I'd say, about 20 to 25% of our total sales. Um, Microsoft, um, some other really large tech companies uh, here in the immediate Bay Area we're delivering that fresh product to. And so that leaves about 20% that we were doing um, with, I'd say, e-commerce retailers. So people like Sunbasket, Good Eggs, um, and then also uh, retail grocery. Obviously, we were a little bit more focused on independent grocers like the natural and specialty channels. Um, you know, Berkeley Bowls, the Nuggets, um, Buy Right, Gus's, Rainbow, things like that. Sure. Um, so that's another, I'd say, like 15% of the business to kind of, uh, you know, total everything up. Okay, so now, after replaying that in my head, and, and if, if people who are watching don't understand, um, you're going to be directly affected, basically, on the majority of your business because of COVID-19. So what, what did you do starting uh, first week of March until now? It's about the 5th of May. Uh, you know me, I'm, I'm optimism play, so I'm seeing the light uh, coming soon. Um, and I, you know, I hope you are too. Uh, but let's give us a two, two months, uh, 60 days of what, what has happened to the business because of COVID-19. Yeah, we, um, you know, we saw customers like Blue Bottle who were kind of leading the effort as far as like, just straight up closing down as soon as possible, um, considering safety and everything like that for their team and the communities um, that they're operating in. So we lost about 80% of our clients um, pretty much over the first couple weeks of that happening, Pete's Coffee and Tea, and then all of our corporate business because all the offices were closed down. Sure. Um, and we've even had some of those announced that, that their offices are staying closed like through September. Um, so there's people that are, you know, pretty conservative when they're approaching that um, their strategic plan for reopening and everything yep. like that. But um, for us, uh, yeah, lost about 80%. Um, obviously uh, we had, we saw a spike in the retail grocery um, with our distributors and some of the accounts that we were delivering to directly. Um, and then companies like Good Eggs, Sunbasket, we saw an immediate spike in their sales. Obviously, there's a lot of things that aren't realized because a lot of these um, companies, you know, I think I feel like max their capacities out pretty quickly because of the demand. Um, but um, yeah, it's we, we feel really lucky because we've been kind of been able to like claw back, I'd say roughly 70 to 75 percent of our total revenue mm -hmm. when you consider our like, you know, run rate um, right before this happened. Um, so we're really, really excited to, you know, having lost 80% to still have 70, 75% of our revenue. Um, now at the PPP, we're able to operate sustainably. But yeah, the e-commerce people, Sundog, I mean, Sunbasket, Good Eggs, those guys are definitely driving a bulk of our revenue. Um, there's a few others that are similar to them. Um, and then the rest of it, uh, we've definitely pivoted and started to focus a little bit more on direct-to-consumer. So um, our own direct distribution with deliveries here in the, um, the immediate Bay Area, as well as um, shipping regionally.
Good for you, man. That's a great answer. Um, and it's, uh, it's one that really does give a, a nice snapshot uh, as to what's happened to a lot, a lot of businesses. I mean, the, even on a previous show, the minute somebody says food service, I go, ugh. You know that's going to be a, that's going to be a gut punch, right? Um, but the 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 reality is, and, and I, I know you know this, you didn't lose the business. You 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 didn't lose the business. You um, it's on delay. You know, it, it we we just put up we put the pause button on it for a second because uh, you are going to be um, a great partner as you were before because the names you've mentioned. If anybody's watching and and hearing this the way that I am, I'm like, dude. This guy's, this guy's got it. This guy's got this thing down, you know, and the team, right? Your team, uh, to be able to put those names in the bucket, kudos to you, man. Like, I, I'm really, re real, real talk. Um, those are big names. And what's really cool about this, again, optimism, uh, optimism leading the way, those are just on pause. Um, including what we are being talked about, people should understand this about corporate environments. I know, you know, we are here in the in the valley, right? Uh, we know the big names, and we do get the get get the get the vibe of what's happening. It won't be um, just the going back out into the world again. Um, these corporate offices are probably going to remain um, closed. Um, for the time being, and then they'll slowly re-engage um, staff and employees and, and allow them to figure out whether or not they want to come in, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. There's, um, you know, we, and we hope the same. You know, we're definitely uh, optimistic. We hope to be building um, kind of in alternative channels right now. And so, like, once things normalize a little bit, Hopefully everything that we were doing, you know, we're staying aggressive with maintaining communication with those partners, let them know how we're, um, you know, responding to the, um, to the pandemic and everything like that so that they have a clear, transparent picture that we're, um, you know, we plan to be there for them throughout the duration of however long this will last. Very cool. I like that a lot. Um, couple, couple closing items. Um, let's talk a little bit of money. Um, you've been doing it for, for seven years now. Um, you guys, in the beginning, uh, I'm assuming you throw in ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Does it start that way? And then talk to us if you can. Uh, do you do a raise? Is it private thus far? Is it family and friends? And if so, how much money? Yeah, predominantly family and friends thus far. I want to say collectively, we have injected under like three hundred and fifty k to date over the last seven years. We started with about sixty five which I would say was completely underfunded for anybody who's looking to start their own business in a similar category. Um, but yeah, and then we had um, a family and friend investor come in, put about 75. We've done like an internal round. I mean, we weren't um, cash flow positive for the first, I'd say like four or five years of this. And even, you know, even as we've kind of come into our um, recent history, um, it's been, you know, there, there's, there's the ebbs and flows, but, um, yeah, before all this happened, we were on pace to do about, um, a little over, I would say, you know, we, we should have done about two and a half, uh, in 2020, obviously that will be impacted now that COVID's here. Um, but yeah, collectively we've probably raised about 250 K total, um, completely bootstrapped, no institutional investors, um, yeah, and we, we hope to obviously now the um, in the investment environment is like changing pretty rapidly, but um, we feel pretty confident in our ability to remain um, sustainable through this. So hopefully everything, um, you know, goes swimmingly from here. 
but um, we'll see. That's kind of where we are today. Cool. And, and we, we're talking two and a half million, folks. That's what we were talking, two and a half million that they were potentially going to do. Again, totally understand if it's impacted. But, uh, you know, when you're selling $2 million worth of juice, um, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. Uh, people, I think, have this um, strange idea about what is success and what isn't because they get the headlines come down their feed about XYZ raised this. Uh, XYZ is doing this number. Um, you do $2 million in any business, that's phenomenal, man. And uh, congrats to you. Congrats to what's going on with the, uh, with the brand. Let this thing let this thing play out. You go, you know, unpause all those uh, those partnerships, and you guys will be uh, on your way. And it's a, it's a really cool story. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate that, man. Paul Seaman, what's happening? He's got a boombox behind him because he's with Boombox Beverage. He's even got a boombox shirt. Okay, I got this. I mean, this thing's probably still got some sweat in it, dude, from from the workout right before this. Uh, talk to us about co-packing. Yeah, co-packing so is what you do, and it just so happens, good, good just by chance, uh, it's in the beverage space. Give it to us. So we are a boutique retort facility. Um, a retort is a form of sterilization. If you've ever wondered how is La Colombe shelf-stable, meaning not in a refrigerator, it is because it's been retorted. Um, it is one of the few things in food in the food business that uh, there aren't enough of. It's undersupplied. Um, and our goal is to work with smaller brands um, and our facility is built to work with smaller brands who are doing innovative things. Um, so, and we are a brand new business. So great time to launch a business. We, we literally got our certificate of occupancy last Friday um, and we have certain vendors. Our last vendor is here this week, turning on the, doing the testing on one of the machines but there's been a lot of begging vendors to drive to us thanks to COVID. Oh, so, so this is a good, um, a good service for, for this uh, episode. People talk a lot about how to get started just in CPG in itself, right? And they say, well, how do you make the product? Um, and you know, if, if you're talking juice or you know, in beverages right now, this is the perfect segue. If somebody uh, is saying, I really wanna make a beverage uh, uh, I really want to make a beverage. I want to. I want a beverage brand. They're thinking, where do I start? How do I get started? Are they calling you? And what does that conversation sound like? Um, hopefully, they have a formulator before they're calling me. I mean, the, the challenge is, I, I just I'm a I'm a believer in karma, so I call everyone back, um, and I spend a fair amount of time telling people that they're not ready for a co-packer yet, which. Um, a lot of people get offended by, but it's actually me trying to trying to do the right thing so that they're not sitting on a bunch of product that they don't they don't know how to move. Um, so th th there's a range. I mean, I, I think your first step should be getting a killer product. Um, you know, you, we we actually started in a lab and like a test kitchen. I think you should you should do some stuff in a test kitchen. You should get customer feedback. You should sort of start small, and then we're sort of the next step. Um, when you're ready to, to, to have some scale. So you have a, a beverage concept. Here's what you have to do. Go figure it out. Get inside your kitchen, <laughs> go formulate a few things, uh, put, a, put a few ingredients together, make sure it makes sense, make sure it tastes phenomenal. Then once you have that all figured out, call Paul. 
Yeah, and it's even more. I mean, if it's a retorted beverage, it's even more. It's more complicated because that's that's a. I mean, it's a sterilizer, so it's like it's similar to HPP. Um, and you know, as Ryan said, I don't think he could have started with an HPP product. There was a lot of work that went into it before he was ready for a for a wholesale HPP product. Well, you heard how he got how he started. Him and his buddies are in there, uh, you know, doing get, getting wild in the Presidio of San Francisco. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, mean, just, I, 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 I wish mean, our our. Our starting story had been as interesting. <laughs> All right, guys, that was fun. Uh, Paul Seaman, Boombox Beverage, Ryan Armistead, Happy Moose Juice. Good stuff, guys. Take care. I will uh, talk to you soon. All right, thanks.